Let's move on. Yeah. Annie's looking at me strange. Let's pray for Ed. <laughs> Annie, do you want to pray for Ed? Yeah. yeah, Father God, thank you for Ed and for his preparation um, for the service today and for his, yeah, his dedication to you and to this church. And Lord, we pray that you open our hearts to receive what you have for us this morning and bless Ed as he shares. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks very much. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name's Ed, if you uh, missed that earlier on. And... Um, it's great to be together this morning. Our, our, we, we are this morning, this is the very last in our series, Teach Us to Pray. And I'm really conscious there's lots of people here that kind of for the first time this morning are visiting. And I hope this morning it doesn't feel like you're coming in right at the end of the movie. Um, uh, ho- hopefully, um, you know, it'll still be very helpful to you. But we, we're, we're thinking about the Lord's Prayer. We're thinking about what, what God wants to say to us and teach us through the Lord's Prayer. And I think this morning we have got to the part of the Lord's Prayer, which I think probably is the most mysterious part of the Lord's Prayer uh, that there is. And it's this bit. It says, lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into temptation. Now, the dictionary defines temptation a, a little bit like this. that It's the, the desire to have or do something, especially something wrong. Now, I make no comment about whether donuts are wrong or not. It's just, just a little image. But, um, but, you know, I just want to ask you something. Who here has ever experienced temptation? Now, little pastor's trick for you here. If you want to be able to tell whether someone experienced temptation, take their pulse. If they have a pulse, then they have experienced temptation. Um, You know, when it comes to temptation, everybody's part of the club. It's just part of being human. It's wonderful this morning to have the dedication of of, of Jessica and Zach. And, And actually... It's wonderful to kind of come before God and say, Lord, may, may they be conscious of your love in their lives. May they be people who grow up to follow you and love you. But do you know what? They are not going to be immune from temptation. In fact, probably Sam and Liz have seen some signs of it already, I expect. Just a little bit. That temptation to pick up that hoover is irresistible, I think, for Zach, isn't it? <laughs> but, you know, remarkably for us, as we read the Bible, we realize that Jesus experienced temptation, and he experienced temptation more than once. You know, if you're doing one of our Lent D groups, then you will have read this morning about the temptation of Jesus in Mark's gospel. But before we go on and talk about temptation, I just want to be really, really clear about one thing, and that's this, that temptation itself is not wrong. Temptation itself is not sin. And so actually, if you feel the pressure of temptation, if you're in a period where you feel under under pressure with temptation, there is no need to feel any sense of shame or there's no need to feel any sense of guilt or failure. Temptation is only sin when we give into it. Temptation is only sin when we give into it. And we can feel tempted in all kinds of different ways, can't we? You know, it might be in the whole area of pride and and boasting about ourselves. You know, it might be a a temptation in the whole area of kind of anger and and getting revenge on someone. It might be dishonesty or a temptation to cheat to get ahead at work. 
You know, we might feel temptation in the whole area of lust and pornography. You know, it might be about possessions and food. You know, I don't know whether you noticed, but, you know, our entire marketing industry is kind of based on temptation, isn't it? It's to kind of draw people in, sort of encourage us to buy things we wouldn't otherwise buy or encourage us to do things we might not otherwise do. And, and so often in life, and I don't know whether it's true, true for you, but, but actually temptation also just comes out of nowhere and whacks you. Do you know what I mean? It just kind of feels like all of a sudden. And it, it's all... You know, particularly, you know, it's times when we're just trying to do really good things when temptation uh, is, is kind of, we experience that pull of temptation. You know, yesterday, so I, I'm trying to eat a bit healthier at the moment. I'm doing a little bit of healthy eating drive. Yesterday, I had a, a lunch together with a bunch of other people. And, and part of this lunch was this most incredible lemon cake, which was just like, oh, it's amazing. And also, this kind of millionaire shortbread. By then, you know, I had three options. I had three options. I had either, having neither. It was having one or the other, or it was having a little bit of both, and I had a little bit of both. You know, there's something, there's that temptation, I was just trying to eat healthily, and it, my goodness me, this is right in front of me. You know, it might be that, you know, we're, we're working really hard behind the scenes, kind of serving people with our lives, and we just feel this attention to to draw attention to what we are, are, are doing and to boast about our humility. You know, it's just kind of, in those, in those situations, temptation is real and it presses in on our lives. You know, as the saying goes, opportunity knocks, but temptation leans on the doorbell. Temptation is real. It's difficult to ignore. It gets right up in your face. And, you know, this, this phrase in the Lord's Prayer, I think is quite mysterious. Lead us not into temptation. Because we're, we're left thinking, hang on a minute. Does temptation come from God? Is it actually God who tempts us to do things that are wrong? Because if so, ouch. You know, that's, that's not what we think God's like, is it? God's not like that. Now, there's, there's a letter, there's a, there's a book in the New Testament called James. And James chapter 1 just really helps us to understand this whole area of temptation. We're just going to read a few verses, starting from verse 12, where James says this, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. James is really, really clear. He says, actually, God does not tempt anyone. If you're being tempted, it's not God who is tempting you. Instead, what this passage is saying is that temptation comes from inside of us. And also it comes from outside of us. The passage talks about being dragged away by our own desires. It might be our appetites, it might be our fear, fears, it might be our desire for control, it might be our desire for revenge. It can even originate from our really good desires, you know, our desires to be loved and to, to feel pleasure. 
Temptation comes from desires that are inside of us. But actually the passage also says that we are enticed. See that word at the end there, enticed. And actually there's outside pressure too. There's an enemy who wants to kind of take hold of of those desires inside of us and and kind of bring disorder to them and and kind of seeks to use them to, to trap and entice us towards doing wrong things. You know, throughout Scripture... Uh, we, we read of Satan, you know, not, not, as a, not as a metaphor, not as a kind of some kind of symbolic, um, you know, impersonal kind of force. You know, we, we learn actually that there's an enemy at work. There, there's an enemy who is on the prowl. But let's be clear, God does not tempt us. Instead, temptation starts within us and that there's there's this enemy at work distorting and twisting and and kind of bringing to life these desires you know often whispering to us stuff like you know you deserve it you should have that lemon cake now it will make you feel better go for it and so how can we make sense of Jesus saying lead us not into temptation um, as you, you might know, the Bible that we have now wasn't written uh, originally in English. Uh, the New Testament was written in Greek, and we have a number of different kind of translations into English that we, uh, that we can use. And the, you know, the Greek word for temptation that is used in this passage, and I think another kind of 21 times throughout the Bible, is this. Pirasmos. Pirasmos. And it, it kind of has a bit of a double meaning. It, it can mean kind of temptation, often translated as temptation, but it can also mean a trial or a test. It's like a, a proving of integrity, a proving of virtue. And actually, as we read the New Testament, as we read James, we, we kind of see you know, trials and tests and temptation almost kind of in the same breath as, uh, as, as we read about this. And so actually, this section of the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation, people have quite often in, in other versions translated as, lead me not into a time of trial or testing. And what we see from Scripture, what we see from the Bible, what we see in the life of Jesus is that whilst... God doesn't tempt us. It does seem that he does allow us to be subject to temptation coming from elsewhere. He does allow us to be subject to times of temptation. And you know what? This isn't like a trap. It's not something to to punish us. It's, It's because every trial or temptation we face is a great opportunity for our faith to be tested. It's a proving place. It's a, a place of preparation and of strengthening. In fact, you know, we read, read about Jesus being led by the Spirit into the wilderness, you know, to be tempted uh, by the, the devil. You know, Jesus' time of, of trial and, and temptation and testing, it was, it was immediately before he started his public ministry. And, and it was almost like this was kind of the final preparation, the kind of final boot camp, if you like, of, of being ready to, uh, to, to do his ministry. And we know in life, don't we, that anything useful has been tested first. Anything useful has been tested. How do we know something's going to do its job until it's been tested? You know, for the first time since the COVID pandemic, so just a few days over Easter, uh, we as a family are getting on an aeroplane for the first time to, to get for a few days away. Now, Deborah is a very nervous flyer, but she likes the sunshine a lot. So it's kind of like figure it out. Now, now how do we know when we get on our flight that the plane is going to do its job and get us there safely? 
And my love, it will. Don't worry. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, the, the reason we, we know is that actually it's had to go through, that plane's had to go through hours and hours of rigorous tests and kind of extreme weather simulations and, you know, to check that this plane can cope with all the conditions that it's faced with. You know, one of the tests is this, and I quote the International Bird Strike Committee. A high-speed chicken gun will throw whole dead chickens at the engine and windshield to simulate how the plane would respond to live birds. Doesn't that give you comfort? It'll, it'll be fine, Deborah. it'll be fine. The International Bird Strike Committee said so. We know that anything useful has been tested. And for us, a time of testing, a time of trial that comes in the form of temptation, actually, for us, it's either going to be a stumbling block to discipleship, or actually, it's going to be a stepping stone in it. It's going to be something that, that strengthens us. It's going to be something that uh, enables us to, to grow, depending on how we respond to it. And so I wonder, when Jesus encourages us to pray, lead us not into temptation, it's, it's like we're saying, you know, God save me from a situation where my faith might fail. He's saying kind of, you know, save me from a situation where, you know, actually I'm, I'm not going to be up to the test. Give me lots and lots of grace. I need your grace for the present temptation I face and for the future temptation that I know I will face. Because, you know, I recognize that sin is really serious. And so just in our last few minutes, just going to get really, uh, really practical and ask ourselves, hey, how can we overcome temptation? How can we deal with it? You know, Oscar Wilde said um, something like this. I forgot to write it down, but he said something like this. There's only one way to deal with temptation, and that's to yield to it. And actually, that, there's, that, that's just not true. It's just not true. Temptation does not go away if you yield to it. But here's a few ideas to help us. Uh, number one, know your issues. You know, for this cat, I think this cat's issue is goldfish. You know, for Judas in the Bible, we, we, Judas's issue is around money. It's around greed. For Samson, it was women. Well, one particular woman, and, and it was sex. You know, for King Herod in the Bible, it was all about power. You know, that was the kind of thing that, that kind of drew him and, and, um, and, and motivated him. You know, some temptations are really obvious, aren't they? But actually, some are really subtle. You know, where are your weaknesses and your vulnerabilities when it comes to temptation? Let me just say, if you're married here and you want to know what your weaknesses are, ask your spouse. <laughs> now, men, just be really careful. If your wife asks you what her weaknesses are, quite possibly that is a trap. <laughs> so just, just tread very, very carefully. Of course, the point is this. Ask someone who knows you really well uh, where your weaknesses and where your vulnerabilities are. Ask them to be really honest with you. And then think to yourself, you know, when and where am I most tempted? When and where do I kind of most give in to temptation? You know, it could happen at any time. You know, for Jesus, he was kind of just on a spiritual high. He'd just had his baptism, and he was led into the wilderness to be tempted. Uh, you know, it might be that, actually, it's when you're in a bit of a low time. You know, in my experience, temptation is most relevant when I'm hungry, when I'm tired, when I'm a bit angry or frustrated about something. That's when temptation can kind of really take hold. You know, I know that I need to be on my guard just after I've got home from the office. 
You know, I know that just perhaps when I've just finished something that took a whole load of energy and a whole load of effort, you know, this afternoon after, after a busy morning, I know that I need to be on my guard to keep my thoughts and my feelings and my attitudes in check. You know, know your issues so that you can be better prepared. Let's not be surprised when we're tempted in exactly the same way we were last time at exactly the same kind of time. Let's be ready for it. Know your issues. But then secondly, be ruthless and leg it. Straight from the Bible, this one. You know, interestingly, nowhere in the Bible does it say to resist temptation. It never says resist temptation. Genesis 39, um, on the other hand, it t- tells us this story about Joseph, who is in charge of Potiphar's household in Egypt. And, and Mrs. Potiphar comes along and decides that she really fancies him. And, and she comes up to her, and probably the most direct chat-up line you'll hear is like, come to bed with me, come to bed with me. And, and Joseph, bless him, he refuses. But, but then we read that day after day she comes to him, come to bed with me, come to bed with me, come to bed with me. And time after time he refuses. And, and then this time we, we read... She catches his cloak and she says again, come to bed with me. And so what does Joseph do? He just legs it. He just kind of gets out of there. And when it comes to temptation, sometimes the best thing we can do is just to leg it, to get out of there, to get out of that situation, wherever we're tempted, whatever it is, to to not take temptation on on its own territory. You know, I have a friend who used to really, really struggle in the area of internet pornography. And actually, it was just kind of a real temptation for him. He, he knew that it was harmful to him. And he knew that it was, he was kind of cooperating and playing a part in an industry that was exploiting and harming other people. And actually, one thing he did, because he was really serious about following Jesus, one thing he did is to deal with this temptation is he chose not to have a smartphone. And it was just one way in which he was able to kind of just be able to get away from that temptation. Actually, that's a pretty radical decision, isn't it, in our day and age, not to have a smartphone. Deciding, actually, I'm not going to put myself anywhere near that position of temptation. So be ruthless. You know, if there's a film on at the cinema with kind of violent themes that you kind of know are going to play to your temptations, actually do the radical thing. Don't go along. Don't see that film. Perhaps even walk out in the middle if you, if you recognise it. Thirdly, and we'll speed up, pray and get prayer. Prayer is a massive weapon available to us in the whole area of temptation. Someone once said that trying to deal with temptation in your life without prayer is like trying to play tennis without a tennis racket. Give yourself a fighting chance. Pray and get others to pray for you. Lots more to say, but I'm going to move on. Get accountable. Um, You know, there's, there's... this, this is a really big one. This is a really big one around areas of temptation. And actually, one of the things that's so great about being part of a church family is, is, is this, is getting accountable. And I think we can be really bad sometimes. And I, I hope you don't mind, I'm just going to single out guys particularly. I think guys particularly can be a little bit bad. But just kind of trying to do life on our own a little bit. Just kind of almost like we, we are a kind of a, a one-person Simon and Garfunkel song. I'm an island. It's just me. I'm going to manage But actually, the the reality is this. We need one another. We need to be in relationships where we can be honest and vulnerable and accountable to one another to help one another out. 
And I meet every month with a, a friend who's a leader of another congregation, part of the Woodlands Church family. And you know, we, we've just agreed as we meet together to be accountable to another, just to be really honest about the stuff that we find challenging and the vulnerabilities that we have. Get yourself connected, whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, into relationships where you can be accountable. And finally, you know, be armed with scripture. Ephesians chapter 6 talks about the armor of God. And, and it says, you know, how, how do we stand against the enemy's schemes? Well, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You know, when Jesus was tempted uh, by Satan, he knew that Satan was deceiving him because he knew the truth of what God says uh, about himself in his word. It's why knowing your Bible is really, really important. It's why, as, as uh, Jessica and Zach grow up, actually, them being familiar with the Bible and that God's heart for them is going to be so key for their lives as they, they, they do that battle in, in life, uh, particularly with temptation. And so you sort of memorize some important scriptures, kind of bring those truths to mind when you are in a situation of being tempted. So here are those, um, those five things again. Know your issues. Be ruthless and leg it. Pray and get prayer. Get accountable and be armed with scripture. But as we close, I think we can take huge encouragement from the life of Simon Peter. Um, I've been watching the, the Chosen at the moment, which is fantastic. But just to kind of see the character of Simon portrayed in the Chosen is brilliant. Watch it if you haven't watched it. It's, um, it's fantastic. But um, you know, we can take encouragement from this encounter that Jesus had with Simon. He said, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I've prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. And I guess one of the questions we need to ask ourselves is, did Simon Peter pass the test? You know, just after this passage, you know, it didn't seem he did at first. He denied that he knew Jesus three times. He lied about knowing. When the pressure was on, he didn't pass the test. He denied knowing Jesus. But you know, the wonderful thing about Simon Peter is that he didn't just get one chance to pass the test. He didn't just get three chances to pass the test. He had lots and lots and lots and lots of chances. And we read further on in the book of Acts that, that actually he was, ended up being just really influential, a really kind of bold leader. That his, He had a key role in the growth of the church and the growth of the kingdom of God. And you know what? If we fail a test, if we fail a test, God in his mercy will give us more chances. It's a wonderful thing. Um, I read in my, I, every day I read Lectio 365, and just, just last week there was this little phrase that caught my attention. It just simply said this, there is always more grace in God than there is sin in me. Isn't that incredible? There's always more grace in God than there is sin in me. There will be times of our lives when temptation just kind of leans and, and presses in. There'll be a temptation where, you know, just doing something wrong just kind of keeps recurring and keeps kind of coming uh, up on us. It might be a temptation to have an affair. It might be a temptation to kind of dodgy business dealings and just allowing kind of persistent bitterness to come out against other people um, in, in our lives. But there's no doubt that as we look at the life of Jesus, that the best way to live is to not let temptation uh, have its way, to not let it get the better of us, to deal with temptation early and to not let these patterns of wrong behavior just kind of get traction in our lives. So, um, you know, as we do that, there's, there's a simple thing, actually, we, 
we want to do and we're going to do this morning. And that's simply to ask the Holy Spirit to, to empower us, to strengthen us, to help us to live for Jesus. And I just want to invite you to stand now. So why don't you stand with me? And we're just going to pray. Um, and... I don't know for you um, at the moment what, what, a, what a, an areas of pressure in your lives. Um, let's just take a moment to reflect. Actually, when was the last time we experienced temptation? When was the last time we felt that, that intense pressure? What was it? Just talk to God about that for a minute. And we come to you now, Lord. Hebrews chapter 4 says this. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And so, Lord, we come to you now, and we ask, come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Whatever we need today, whether we need your power and your strengthening, as we deal with areas of pressure in our lives, whether we need your forgiveness this morning, whether we need to know our second or our third or our fourth or our fifth or our fifteenth chance, we come to you now and we, we pour ourselves, we, we, um, we throw ourselves on your mercy and your grace today. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord.